Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, host of the I Work For Him radio show, and you're listening to the I Work For Him podcast, which is a condensed version of the live program. This podcast is the same content as a live show, which you can hear live each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally available in the Tampa Bay area and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. We've edited our show into a podcast so that you can get all the I Work For Him info you need in a shorter, more accessible format. Please check out our website, iWorkForHim.com, for great resources on how you can learn about your workplace being your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that help keep I Work For Him on the air each and every day. While you're on the website, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider being part of the I Work For Him Nation and join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. Our website is iWorkForHim.com. That's iWork, the number four, him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your co-workers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening, and I hope this broadcast will make an impact in your life and that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. And on Tuesdays, we call it Together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha Brangenberg as we tackle marriage and relationship issues that impact us everywhere we go, whether we're at home or in the workplace. But we know, and we've said it before, that if your marriage is a mess, if your relationships are a mess, when you go to work, your work is impacted. And that's why on I Work For Him, we deal with this. Not only do we deal with it because of that, but because Martha and I are passionate about building up strong marriages all across the country. Because if we can build up strong marriages, we can build up strong families. We can build up strong families. We can build up strong churches. If we can build up strong strong churches. We can impact the culture. And that's what we need to do. And today we welcome an expert to I Work For Him. We welcome Shanti Feldhahn. She wrote a book a couple of years ago called The Good News About Marriage. And if you saw this copy that Martha and I have, it is tabbed. It is bookmarked. It is highlighted. It is underlined. It is dog-eared. It is all of those things because this is something you guys all know we're passionate about. We are ecstatic about marriage, and we know that strong marriages make a difference in kids' lives and grandkids' lives. And so we've welcomed, we invited Shanti to join us today to share the good news, the things that she's learned. She's a statistician, she's an author, she's done the research, she deserves all the credit. Shanti Feldon, welcome to I Work For Him. Great to be with you. Yeah, there's probably very rarely are you going to get interviewed by a couple that is as passionate about marriage. And when we went through your book, I'm like, wait a minute, awesome. wait a minute, really? Does it really say that? I thought it was a lie. I didn't think that was true. And we went back and forth. I mean, you should see all the tabs. Martha used multiple <laughs> color tabs. Actually, um, I just posted that picture on Facebook of our book. So, <laughs> <laughs> Shanti, before we start the interview, I always ask this question because we interview people from all walks of life. And the most important thing is Christ in our lives. And I'd like the listeners to hear from you. How is Christ making a difference in your life today? Wow, it's almost impossible to answer that question properly, because it's like, He is my life. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yes, you know? it does. Every, every single thing in my life, my, uh, my professional you know, relationships, what I do, what God really has had me doing these last 12 years, my marriage, my kids... I guess everything would be completely different mm. if um, if he wasn't Lord, you know? 
I like the. That's good. I like. That's not. That's not impossible to answer. You did a great job <laughs> answering the question. That is great. Yeah, you know, I'm not. I'm not exact. I, I'm sure if I reread all of the details, and I apologize, didn't. But I'm not sure exactly what you, you got a doctoral degree in something, don't you? Or is it a, I don't have a doctorate. I have a master's. Okay. I actually got a master's. It's called. <laughs> it's a long name. It's, it's called a master in public policy with a concentration in business. How's mm. that? That's, that's, that's a lot of initials on a business card. That's, that's what that a long is. One. So your your work, how what's the your work gives you a unique vantage point into the brokenness of the world. How is that? How does your work give you a unique vision into that brokenness that we all see? Yeah, you know it's it's interesting. I my background, you know, it's not just that I have this analytical graduate degree. Um, I started out on Wall Street, started out using that an analytical degree in a completely different way, and then God did this right-hand turn and used, basically, I'm using those skills in a completely different way, but it's, it is to dig out all that stuff that is under the surface. And I've basically, over the last 12 years, become a social researcher, and what I've done is interviewed and surveyed and done focus groups with now more than 16,000 men and women and more than 3,000 teenagers over the last 12 years. I've done these massive nationally representative surveys and studies and heard all of the stuff that's going on inside everybody's hearts and in their lives. Mm -hmm. And so that's really where a lot of this perspective comes from, and that's why when I started to see some of this news about marriage that was better than people think, that's why I thought, oh, hold on, this is a huge deal, because I had seen and heard from so many thousands of people this one common denominator that, that really, truly, whether a marriage survives or fails, you know, there's a lot of factors, but there's really only one thing that causes that one of those outcomes, and that's whether they think they're going to make it or not. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people today just think that there's no chance that they're going to make it, and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Well, and we deal with a lot of couples, young couples, that are thinking, well, why bother? Yeah. What? Well, you know, if, if it's a 50-50, and, and in some, you even hear statistics today, well, maybe it's, you know, it's 50-50, and, you know, people don't even get married anymore, so yeah. wh- why bother? It doesn't even matter anymore. And and that's that's drifted into the church as well. It's not just in the culture. We're talking today with author and speaker Shanti Feldon about her incredible book that just rocked our worlds in a super encouraging way, The Good News About Marriage. She released this in 2014. Shanti, tell me about your background. You said you had a business background. You were playing on Wall Street, working with all those crazy people on Wall Street. <laughs> as as a uh, an analytic, you got this analytical graduate degree, a social researcher. How did that lead you to being passionate enough about marriage to write this book? <laughs> Actually, it's interesting. The the right hand turn to, into this totally different world of social research happened, you know, quite a few years ago, 12, 12 years ago. But this project really started germinating. Gosh, I guess. It's been a while. It's probably been eight, ten years also. And and here's really what happened. I had seen, I think I mentioned, I had seen in all these interviews that really the sense of whether a couple had a sense of hope or a sense of futility really had this huge impact on whether they made it or not mm-hmm. in their marriage. You know, like if, if you think you're going to make it, even if you're having a really hard time, if you think, 
okay, th- we're struggling right now, but we're going to be fine. You know, we're going to make it. Mm-hmm. You usually do. Like, it's that sense of we'll get through this. It's when what I would see is it's when a couple started to sort of throw up their hands and think it's never going to get better. And then you start to think, look, if the ship is going to sink anyway, why bother working so hard to bail it out, right? That's kind of what gets in, in a little seed gets in your mind. And so I, because I saw that, you know, I was like, oh, wow, that's so such a big deal. Well, then I started to see all these numbers from um, from the Census Bureau. And I started to, I would stumble across some of these things in my other research. I was doing columns, you know, newspaper columns, and I was looking into the divorce rates, and I started to see, okay, wait a minute, everybody thinks there's a 50% divorce rate, and that doesn't match what I'm seeing in the numbers at all. Mm-hmm. And then some of these other things, like everybody thinks the rate of divorce is the same in the church, and, huh, that's not what I'm seeing either. And I started to realize there's a huge amount of really discouraging things that we believe in our culture, conventional wisdom, that just aren't true. And it makes a big difference. It really does. And, you know, it's funny because I was thinking about, Jim always teases me, Shanti, that I am like the eternal optimist. And I think that's why this book first drew my attention, because I'm like, there's a book with good news in it, you know, that's about marriage. Because we do, we hear so much of that negative and we believe it. And that's so much of what you talk about in the book is that, you know, some things get quoted that aren't even really quotes. And then pretty soon everybody believes it because they're like, well, sure, that must be right. (laughs) You know, and so often you think, surely. (laughs) Yes. And we start to believe that. And so it was funny because as I was sitting here, I'm like, I think that's why I like this book to begin with is just because there is good news that needs to be shared. And you have such a great way of going about that in this book. So how did you go about digging in to get these statistics? How did you go about this research? Because nothing in the media supports what you say. No, and you are so right. And that's honestly, I started to get mad. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you. I'm there with you. (laughs) I'm serious. I started to be so frustrated. Like, okay, this, this is just one example. All right, so... Everything, and we've seen this right in this presidential election cycle, like the media will always go for the most sensational and the most negative. Like, I guess, I guess, unfortunately, that's what people sort of respond to. That's what changes the dial. You know, that's what people tune into. And so that's often what the news will focus on. And I started to see things that were, you know, for example, there was a big study that came out a couple of years ago. And there was this huge feature front page article in the New York Times about this big study that had been done for over the course of like 40 years or something in this town called Framingham, Massachusetts. And in this, you know, big town in Massachusetts, they had followed thousands of marriages and thousands of couples and had found over the years this really interesting dynamic that, like, divorce is catching, they called it. Like, you know, if you know people who get divorced, you're more likely to think, oh, well, everybody does it, so maybe I'll, you know, give in, you know, that kind of thing, Mm. which was very interesting. I thought it was a really good study, and I went to look at it in more detail. And I actually saw that out of the – there were about eight or ten findings in the study, and Eight of them, of the ten, eight were incredibly positive. There were these really encouraging findings. Well, guess which two the New York Times focused on? 
they focused on the two that were negative. Mm. And I saw that over and over. For example, guess what the divorce rate in Framingham, Massachusetts is? Uh, I'm guessing 50%. (laughs) 9.5%. Wow. So they led that out. And I'm like, okay, this is a very, this is a very typical representative town, diverse town, classic, you know, situation where you've got a mix of people who, you know, live together, who don't live together. Exactly. You've got all of that. And the divorce rate is 9.5% over the course of 40 years. Why did the New York Times trumpet that on the front page? Like, yeah, okay, divorce is catching, but hey, guess what? It doesn't happen that often. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's so sad that, that's what they, <laughs> that, that they didn't focus on that good news. Oh. Well, and, it, and it's become such a, you know, we deal with so many couples who, we deal with a lot of different couples. In fact, we just got back from a marriage cruise retreat that we, we led, and we, we let people know the good news is what you're hearing is false. Every marriage is savable. If a husband and wife would work on it, we tell them that up front. No marriage is doomed to to destruction if a husband and wife will work on it. So as you got into this book, Shanti, you uncovered, I mean, the the statistics that you lay out in here are, are amazing. What was the most staggering thing that hit you as you wrote this book? Well, the most foundational thing, by far, is this idea that there isn't any such thing as a 50% divorce rate. Mm-hmm. We've, we've been believing that for years, and there are some reasons for that that are actually important. You know, you, you see researchers today, these wonderful researchers, these wonderful demographers, who's all been, who've all been really helpful to me as I've been doing the research, and you see these articles that seem to suggest you know, a 50% divorce rate. And then you look really closely and you see that when it says, you know, researcher so-and-so says he projects a 40 to 50% divorce rate, you miss the word projects. Hmm. And we've, and you don't realize we have never come close to that number for society as a whole, that average. In, in actuality, yes, it's projected into the future that we're going to get there someday, but we've never actually hit that number and have never gotten close. Now, are there some high-risk groups that have hit that number? Absolutely. If you get married as a teenager, you get married at 17, 18 years old, yeah, those groups actually do have a 50% divorce rate. But that's like 5% of the population. <laughs> so most for the vast majority of people, Truly, right now, what, what I found from the Census Bureau statistics is that 71% of people are still married to their first spouse. That's huge. That's a big honking thing for people to know. Yes, it is. <laughs> I like that. You're a big honking thing. I like that. It's so, it is so incredible. That that's the, when we read that statistic in your book, and then when you took that statistic, okay, so that, that means that 29% end up in divorce at this point in time. But the numbers started to change as you started to incorporate different levels of faith into the relationship. And that's what encouraged me so much, because it, you really drew the correlation between, okay, people outside the church, it's X, Whatever, and then as as their faith deepens, the number decreases. And I kind of want to bait people. We're not going to talk about it right now. <laughs> we're, we're about ready to hit a break. But uh, that's what was so staggering to me. It's like wow. So because I, in my mind, I'm thinking because the statistics recently is like, well, it doesn't matter. Divorce, insider, outside the church, it's the same. Fifty percent, it's the same. 
It's like it doesn't matter whether you're a Christ whether you're a Christian or not. And 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 you debunked that completely. It hugely matters. How staggering was that to you? Oh, oh, this is huge. Partly because I do so much research with people in the church as well. I mean, all my research is nationally representative, but I spend a lot of time talking in churches and pastors are discouraged. They, they think if the rate of divorce is the same here as it is out there, despite all my hard work, it means all my work doesn't mean very much. Right, it's so frustrating. And, and churches, there's marriages struggling inside churches, there's no question. But when you look at the level of commitment to the Lord inside of a marriage, it is... It makes, it makes a huge, a huge difference. difference. There's hope for marriage. There's mm-hmm. good news about marriage. And we're talking today with author and speaker Shanti Feldhahn. She wrote this book, The Good News About Marriage, back in 2014. And the statistics are so staggering, the media is in complete denial. Shanti, have you gotten any hate mail saying, hey, why are you telling people these statistics? You know, actually, it's interesting. Almost everybody has been really staggered and really encouraging because everybody kind of grasps instantly that the implications of this are really big because we've really got this discouragement about marriage, and it's this huge thing to find out you don't have to be that discouraged. Like, you can put your hand on the shoulder of somebody who's having a struggling time in their marriage and is feeling kind of hopeless, and you can say, look, you're going to get through this. Most people do. Yeah, That's my, a huge message. That is a huge message. It was so funny because on the way to the station today, Ujum and I were talking, and I'm like, you know, I want to be really careful not to, like, quote the statistics because I don't have them memorized. And you know what that said to me is... Maybe that's part of the reason why people grabbed onto the 50% thing. It's like, that's easy easy to remember. (laughs) It seems simple. They didn't have to do any math to get there, you know? (laughs) And I think about that because I know that you have taken a lot of numbers and interpolated them for all of us. And I'm so thankful for that. But the bottom line is, it's like, I know it's really good news, but I can't always remember what the right percentages are. And Maybe that's why the bad news spread so easily. Well, let's start spreading some of that good news. As we promised our listeners, I want people to hear the real statistics. And we're hoping we got a lot of connections. And, we, and maybe we just need some bigger connections in, in Washington, D.C. to get these statistics. And maybe with the new president, we can get some of these statistics out there. But there's good news about marriage. And even if we don't get it in the government, let's get it out amongst our churches. This, mm-hmm. is, this is something that every church. Every pastor needs to know this because you're right. You said it right before the break. Pastors are discouraged because they're being told, hey, it doesn't matter. The sin lies of your people inside the church match the sin lies of the people outside of the church. There's no marketable difference, no markable difference. So don't even bother. So talk about the statistics. And we're going to give away a couple copies of Shanti's book in a few minutes. But right now, Shanti, lay those statistics out. What is the divorce rate the average divorce rate for overall. Okay, so overall, well, first of all, just so you know, it depends on how you define divorce, which gets really complicated. But <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. I didn't know the divorce got complicated. I know, oh, no, I knew divorce not, got complicated, like, but how do you mean? Well, somebody's divorced or not, what do you mean? I know, are you talking about the I, the projected, like, what's the likelihood if you get married today that you're going to be divorced in 50 years? Are you talking about the people who've been divorced? Are you talking about first marriages, second marriages, all marriages? Like, <laughs> it's one of the reasons it's complicated. And that's but, why but, she went to college for all this, and got her master's. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. But the, the, bottom, the bottom line, 
Biden, is that you could probably make a pretty good case that the what you think of as the divorce rate, which is sort of the percentage of people who, like if you have a thousand people in the room, what percentage of them have been divorced? <laughs> that's, mm. that's kind of the easiest way of doing that. And if you include all marriages, first, second, third marriages, and it's only women, that's the other thing, women and men have a different divorce rate. I know it's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I know, it's crazy. But if you, have, if you have a thousand people in the room, somewhere between 25 to 30 percent have been divorced. And that's it. I'm writing that down so I can. We're going to make yeah. sure we post this stuff on Facebook tonight. So, 25 to 30 percent have been divorced, and that's the overall average. But then, one of the statistics that was stacked, and I know that that number, when they the first first marriages, second marriages, third yeah. marriages, that number changes, correct? Correct. And the first marriages have a lower divorce rate generally than second marriages. But this is. Do you mind if I jump into the second marriage thing? Jump ahead. Okay, because let me tell you, there's a lot of people listening to this who are on a second marriage, mm-hmm. and they have heard a complete and utter lie. Everybody who has been who is on a second marriage has heard that they have this huge chance of getting divorced, like sixty percent divorce rate for second marriages and seventy three percent divorce rate for third marriages. Everybody has heard those numbers, and it turns out those are pure urban legend. We traced those numbers. We wanted to find the studies that said that. And so that was our job in the book. And so we traced every single article and news magazine story and every single thing to try to find the studies that said that so we could look at their methodology and see what they found. It turns out every single one of those references traced back to three sources that don't exist. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Purely an urban legend. And literally, like my favorite one, everybody quotes this Psychology Today article that quotes a, a very well-respected researcher named Jennifer Baker out of this like Psychological Studies Institute in Missouri. And so it said she found this, so we emailed her and said, hey, you know, can we get a hold of your study? And she wrote back in this email that was all capital letters, and it said, that's not me. I never said that. I've been trying to get them to take my name off that website for years. Wow. And and that's an example of how quickly the bad news spreads. Mm-hmm. So what's the the real news? If you like if you're on your second marriage, mm-hmm. just like 71% of people are still married to their first spouse. So 29% are and that's by the way not just divorce, that includes death. That includes people who are married for 50 years and their spouse died, okay? Right. right. The, the, the number for second marriages, 65% of people are still married to their second spouse. And so the 35% who aren't, that also includes death, not just divorce. And, you know, these are second marriages. I'm sure the, the death rate is higher even than in first marriages because you're getting married at older ages. Oh, I thought it was because they were blended families. And, <laughs> and, 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 yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> that's a whole other conversation which we won't get into today. We've had a, a local expert, Laura Petherbridge, on our show oh, yeah. and, and also brought her on our marriage cruise and, and talked about that whole, that whole blended family thing. That's a whole dynamic. Talk to me about the impact of faith, those yeah. statistics, the yeah. impact of faith as it deepens and how it impacts that statistic. Okay, so it turns out that when you are a churchgoer, you dramatically lower your chances of getting divorced. And that's contrary to everything we thought we'd heard, because everybody, you know how most pastors say, hey, the rate of divorce is the same in the church? You know, we've all Mm kind of heard that. 
Well, it turns out that's a misunderstanding of this big study that was done a number of years ago by George Barna. And George Barna never studied people in the church. He was only studying belief systems. So, like, you know, you call somebody on the phone and you ask the questions about faith, and people who answer in sort of a Christian way or a Muslim way or an atheist way, those groups had the same divorce rate. But he specifically excluded whether they went to church from the analysis, because that wasn't what he was trying to study. It's just been misunderstood all these years. So I partnered with Barna, and I bought that same data set, and we re-ran all those numbers, but with that factor added in of, you know, was the person in church last week? Is their faith a part of their life? And if the person was in church last week, according to the Barna numbers, and by the way, Every other study that has ever been done on this, and there's a lot of them, the divorce rate drops anywhere from 25 to 50 percent or more in some cases. That's huge. It's not just that going to church matters and making faith a part of your life matters. It actually matters a lot. It changes the equation completely. So you're saying those numbers in divorce then go down to somewhere between 22 to 15 percent of marriages? Correct. So that's yep. that's good news. Let's celebrate that as we head into this next break. What you're saying is that the divorce rate of people who attend church regularly is somewhere between 15 and 22 percent. Yep, that's the, if you extrapolate it out, that's what it comes to. Now, again, are there higher risk groups? Absolutely. Are there some groups, for example, some churches that, for, and this is just a silly example, you know how I said that if you get married at younger ages, like mm-hmm. as a teenager, yeah. you have a higher risk, a slightly higher risk of divorce. Well, if you have churches in rural areas where people get married a lot earlier, those churches might have higher divorce rates uh-huh. on average. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Churches maybe in ur- more urban areas where that's not as much of an issue, they get married at older ages, more stability, they they, you could have churches. I had I had surveyed some churches that had these like ten percent divorce rates. Awesome. So Shanti, let's talk about those statistics again. You said in the last segment, right before we went to the break, that you know people have been told forever that you know first marriages it's fifty percent, second marriages I hear seventy percent all the time. But what you're saying, first marriages overall, without taking into consideration. Um, church attendance, 29% about. And second marriage is about 35% uh, is the divorce rate, not 50 and 70%. Divorce and death. Divorce and death. Yes. <laughs> yes. Not just divorce. Okay. That's the crazy part. So we can probably estimate first marriages somewhere in that 25 to 30% range and mm-hmm. maybe 30%, 31, 32%, somewhere in there for second marriages. But honestly, if you account, if you look at the fact that people are getting married at older ages, it's actually very possible that the divorce rate for second marriages is lower mm-hmm. than well, for first. I, I know for us that the couples that we have mentored that are in their second marriage are working a lot harder at staying married. They don't yeah. want to go through it again, and they are intentionally strengthening up and giving a better foundation yep. to their marriage. And so they they are setting the bar higher, and they're saying, you know, it's really not an option. You know, we're seeing more and more of that, which is encouraging that they're, you know, and they're not just going, well, I'm going to give another whirl at it. I'm really going to invest in this marriage. Well, and people 
need to know in general, and the reason why I felt like it was so important to write the book, is people need to know, no matter whether it's their first or second or third marriage, people need to know that the divorce is the exception. Right. It's not the rule, that most of those marriages last a lifetime. Mm -hmm. That's a huge thing for people to know. Well, what I love is... With the, when you started driving in church attendance, and, and you didn't you break it down? Now, it's been a while since I finished the book. It's actually been like a year and a half since I finished your book. So, But it was you had church attenders, people that showed up on Christmas and Easter, to then people who showed up on a regular weekly basis. There was a dif- difference there, too, wasn't there? Oh, yeah. The people who are the what you might call cultural attenders, like mm-hmm. every now and then, that actually those those numbers were pretty much consistent with the overall population. Um, and there were some differences depending on which study you looked at. <clears throat> but no, the, the, the people who had statistically a huge difference were people where it was clearly part of their regular life, where it, you know, maybe it was every week, maybe it was every two weeks, you know, but in general, that church attendance being a habit it seems to do a couple things. And the most important thing it seems to do is first, that that's somebody who is more likely to be just asking for God's help on their marriage, right? I mean, right. you know, not trying to do this on their own. That's a big deal. But then another part of not trying to do this on your own is being part of a community. Because every social scientist that's ever studied this has found that that is one of the main factors that makes a difference is if you're part of a community and something goes wrong in your relationship, someone's going to ask, you know, are you and are you and Doug doing okay? Like, what's going on? And once you have people investing in you, that level of friendship and fellowship, that itself can sometimes solve the problem, just because you have some support. I was just reading a book uh, the other day, and I read a lot of books. I'm trying to remember which one it is, but that said that the majority of the divorces that happen in church, people don't find out that the couples are having trouble until they actually start going through, they start the separation. They yeah. start that, that because there's such a stigma within the church about divorce, the people don't let it come out until all of a sudden it may almost be too late. Yeah, and it's interesting. One of the things that I found as I was starting to talk to pastors about what I was finding years before the book came out, but just as I was seeing some of the statistics, I had actually, I actually ran into, and I included, I think, a quote from one of the pastors in the book itself, because I had run into pastors that had done surveys of their own congregations and had found out this truth that, wow, we don't have this super high divorce rate, and our entire ministry is, you know, marriage ministry is kind of revolving around counseling, and if not everybody requires counseling then that's sort of leaving 90% of our population with not really a whole lot of help for just fellowship and support and community. And so they redid their ministry around, you know what, let's just have sponsored date nights. Let's have child care once a month where people can come in and drop off their kids and go out on a date night or go out with friends and have that be where we spend most of our marriage ministry dollars. And, and it worked fantastic, and that's the kind of thing that I, I really think is helpful for churches to recognize that, you know, pulling people together into community, it, where you see these things before they get to be big problems, right. that mm-hmm. matters. 
Yeah. Well, and we teamed up with a, a marriage ministry out of Iowa, Bettendorf, Iowa, called DareToBeDifferent.com, which is strictly a marriage mentoring ministry. A couple, you know, really a pew-sitting couple mentoring another couple in the church, and really just for, hey, here's how we've been married a little bit longer than you. Here's how we've made it work, and, there, and it's actually a step-by-step. It's, it's designed for untrained people to just feed their lives into other people. So like you're talking about community, but it really gets those people involved in the pews and married couples, uh, mentoring married couples. And that takes a little deeper because a couple married couples, especially what we're seeing is that maybe they didn't see a great example of how to have an awesome marriage in their moms and dads. And they want to have an awesome marriage because they keep hearing it on the radio from Martha and I, you can have an awesome marriage. <laughs> and, and, and we're one of those teenage relate marriage. Rela- I was 19 when we got married. I was almost done with college. Martha was 20, but, but you know, we got, you know, now you're scaring me with all the statistics. You know? <laughs> we celebrate, scared, we, we celebrate 30 years in June. Maybe, awesome. I hope we don't make it. I, you know, I hope we do make it. Is what I mean. There's really okay. good news. All right. So Liz, we've still got a couple of copies of Shanti's book to give away. Call into the studio line, 877-943-9673. If you want to get a copy of this book, is full of great news about marriage. 877-943-9673. When you look... Well, I, had, I just had something I wanted to say, you know, to get to in to address in the book, the fact that there's so many good statistics, but you have a resource that um, like people can go and find out more. Isn't there a website or something that they can check out? Yeah, people can go to goodnewsmarriage.com. There's a lot of good information there. Just helpful stuff. And and frankly, the book, The Good News About Marriage, is more the big picture stuff. Mm-hmm. And we have a, a cousin book and a cousin study called The Surprising Secrets of Highly Happy Marriages. Like, those people that are making it and doing great, right. what do they do differently to get there? And so that's more of the how-to piece of the puzzle. Fabulous. Didn't they come out at the same time? They did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had them, I used to run a bookstore and I had them side by side <laughs> on the shelf when they came out. So I was very excited well, about that. Well, how come you didn't bring home that other book? Um, I don't know. I want to read that one. <laughs> surprising know. surprising Secrets of what? What's it called again? It's, it's called The Surprising Secrets of Highly Happy Marriages. The highly Happy Marriages. Okay, good deal. Okay. When we're, we're running out of time. So talk to me about what you were through this process. You've learned so much about marriage. You've made such an impact. How do we get these statistics out in mainstream church? I'm, I give up on mainstream media. I'm not even going to bother with that. How do we get this out to mainstream church? How do, we, how do we help pastors be encouraged that the truth is not what he's been told? So this is my, what my encouragement is. I think if every person listening to this were to get a copy of the book and hand it to their pastor— Mm-hmm. With a tab right in the middle of the book, there's a little shaded section that has a summary of everything that we just said. Just, you know, two pages. And it's, you know, what is, what are the, what is the basic, most important things you need to know? And those things like, you know, 71% of people are still married to their first spouse. That's a pretty big deal. Another one we haven't even talked about is it's not just that they're just hanging on and not getting divorced. It's actually that most marriages are happy. You know, most people think, oh, I don't know, maybe a third of marriages are happy. It actually is 80% of marriages are happy. And that's a big deal, too. These and the numbers about the divorce rate and the church plummeting, these are things that if a pastor knows it and he can start using the encouraging things in his sermons because he now can see this is substantiated. We Mm -hmm. have all the citations. If he wants to check it out. And those kinds of things encourage him so much 
that he then wants to encourage his people. Mm-hmm. It just naturally spreads. So what's the next project for Shanti Feldhahn? <laughs> the, actually, the next um, research study that I've been doing is on the, actually, you'll, you'll like this one, it's on the power of kindness. And it turns out that kindness is the superpower to really improve our relationships, whether it's at work or at home. I, I, I believe we talk about as people that join the I Work for Him Nation to serve those around them as an amazing and then befriend them outside of the workplace as an amazing way to open the door to sharing their faith in Christ. Shanti Feldon, what an amazing interview. Thank you so much for giving us your time today and for writing this book and for getting the good news about marriage out there. I, I'm looking I'm going to go read that The Surprising Secrets of Highly Happy Marriages or whatever that I got. I, 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 you got it right. I did. Good. I'm going to read that. I'm going to call you back and see if we can have another interview. And we're going to be looking for this next one, The Power of Kindness. Shanti, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right. All right, we're going to be right back and kind of summarize what we just heard from Shanti. But what an amazing interview. What an amazing just, wow, revelation, Martha, that things are just, there's a lot of good news out there about marriage. And it's out there. And we can read it. It's, It's real. There's good news. People need to get married. It's amazing. Right? Yes. All right. All right, don't go away. You're listening to Jim and Martha Brangenberg on the I Work For Him Together on Tuesdays. As we just had the most amazing conversation with Shanti Feldon. You know, I Martha, I thought we had a lot of energy. Shanti has amazing energy. Yeah, she does. <laughs> that was uh, awesome. And, and she really think brought... think about this, the statistics with energy and yeah. personality. I yeah. love it. <laughs> Absolutely. What an amazing woman. And, and the good news that she brought out about marriage. Let's just, if you missed the show today, you're going to want to listen, go up and back and listen to the archive. But let's just give you a couple of the highlights. There's not lowlights from this show. Mm-mm. A couple of the highlights on this show. There was a, stu- a study done in Framingham. It's Framingham, I believe. It's not Framingham, but Framingham, Mass., Framingham, Mass., about that they did for 40 years. And they found that in that one city, which is, my, you mentioned, in the Northeast, where everybody says, well, you know, married people have given up in marriage in the Northeast, 9.5% divorce rate. Overall, in the United States of America, first marriages end in either divorce or death somewhere around 29%. But when you add faith into that, people who are active in their faith, people who are actually engaged in their church, that statistic drops from 25 to 50%. So from 29% of marriages ending in divorce down to 15 to 20%. That's a monstrously smaller number. That's a big difference. And also the lies on first marriages and second marriages. As Martha, you and I have been told, first marriages end 50%. Second marriages, 70%. But it's what Shanti true. just said, 29% of first marriages, and that doesn't include people of faith. It's much lower for people of faith. And 65%, um, yeah, 65, 35% of people in second marriages end, end up in divorce. So it's just slightly no, no, higher no. for second. Yeah. And clarify that. And this is what I love. She said not that they end up in divorce. They're no longer married right. to death that or second divorce. spouse. Right. So it could be death or divorce for either of those statistics. And so, you know, we there are a lot of people outlive their spouse. Right. And so the numbers are way, way better than anybody ever said. What an amazing woman. What an amazing book. The Good News About Marriage. You can go out to her website, goodnewsmarriage.com. All right, thanks so much for tuning in to I Work For Him today. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks to Ace Andrews. Did a great job today keeping us on schedule. Hey, what did you learn today that's going to impact your world, that's going to help us take this city for Jesus Christ? What did you learn?
learn today that our faith impacts our marriages. We learn every day that our faith impacts our workplace, but today you heard it from a woman who's an expert in statistics having to do with marriage, and she confirmed it today. Your faith impacts your marriage. It gives it a way better chance of not only succeeding, but being a happy marriage. Your faith makes a difference. Lowering your divorce rate by 50, up to 50% by being actively involved in the community of your church. Not just showing up twice a year, but being actively involved. That's why churches push small groups, because small groups make a difference. Bring this good news to work with you tomorrow. The divorce rate is not 50%. 80% of people who are married are happy in their marriages. That's some stinking good news. Wow, I'm excited. You've been listening to the I Work For Him radio program with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers and we own our own business, but ultimately, I work for him. him.